Thank you very much, Steph, for that wonderful introduction. And thank you, everybody, for joining today's webinar. Today, we're going to dive into public data using Ingenuity Pathway Analysis to explore these sample level data. To begin, the products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications, and these products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of disease. So we try to keep these online webinars interactive. So we'll be launching polls throughout the meeting. Uh, thank you to those who have already participated in the pre-meeting poll. If you haven't, feel free to submit your answers so that I can understand the background of the attendees for today's webinar. If you have any questions during the talk, please feel free to use the Q&A box. On the call today, I have my wonderful colleagues, Kyle, uh, Dev, and Leah. Kyle and Dev are my fellow field application scientists, and they'll be more than uh, happy to answer any scientific questions or software questions that you may have. I also have on the call Leah, my account manager colleague, who would be more than happy to answer any licensing questions you may have. So we have a full team behind you supporting your bioinformatics needs. From time to time, I'll also be asking for the raise hand button to keep the webinar interactive. So if you could go ahead and locate that button, press that button for me and let me know that it is working for you, that would be greatly appreciated. Okay, I can see a couple of you being able to locate that button. That's great, thank you very much. Thank you for being so interactive today. And just as a reminder, after the training is over, please feel free to click on the registration link below. You'll have to refill the information, but don't worry, the recording will be on demand. Now we have a couple of uh, items that we would like to go over today. So we will learn how to use IPA to identify public data, sample from public data, and how to answer some of these different questions. So these questions include, how is the gene of interest expressed across different conditions? Is there correlation in expression for two or more genes for a given condition? Can we derive a list of genes for a given condition? Can we generate custom cohorts of patients for survival curves? And some of the recent updates include single cell, public data that we can access, as well as some proteomics data that we can look at. So I can see from the pre-meeting poll that many of you have never heard of IPA or have used IPA, but some of you have used IPA in the past to perform core analysis and comparison analysis. So for everybody in the audience, how, did we, how many of you have accessed public data in IPA's Land Explorer and have played around with the database, databases and lens. So I can see a couple of power users already uh, using the public data. So thank you very much for exploring that data. And let's go ahead and for those of you who haven't explored uh, the public data, let's go ahead and dive into what we can do with the software. So we would always like to highlight that many users have successfully used IPA to leverage the public data within Land Explorer and publish with uh, the data provided in Land Explorer. So in this um, example publication here, the users have mined public data using Land Explorer and generated a heat map comparison 
for the genes of interest. In this second publication, the users and the scientists have generated survival curves for various different cancers using microRNA um, signatures. And in this case, they have also looked at the gain of function of this particular genes. So not only can we use the data within Land Explorer, generate results from Land Explorer and publish with them, but we can also generate graphics within the software and use them for our publications. So what are some of the analysis that we can do? The first thing we can do is we can look at the Genotype Tissue Expression Project, which aims to create a comprehensive public atlas of gene expression and regulation across multiple normal human tissues. So this collection contains RNA-seq as well as affymetric expression data for 29 normal tissues. So let's take a case here where we are interested in our gene of interest. In this case, we have picked PARP1, and we can mine GTEx data to see where PARP1 is highly expressed and where PARP1 is perhaps a little bit lower, lower expressed. So in this example, we can see that muscle tissues have a little bit higher expression of PARP1 when compared to perhaps thyroid and skin. The second database that we can look into is the Blueprint Consortium. So this has been formed with the aim to further understand how genes are activated or repressed in both healthy as well as diseased human cells. So the Blueprint focuses on distinct types of hematopoietic cells from healthy individuals and on their malignant leukemic uh, counterparts. So in this case, what we can do is we can isolate normal healthy samples and look at how our expression for our gene of interest is expressed across normal hematopoietic samples. So once again, we can see that PARP1 is highly expressed in this B cell compared to Okay, it seems that, hey Tim, can you hear us? Sorry, everyone. It seems that our speaker got disconnected. Um, we will figure out what's going on and get this started as soon as possible, okay? Hey Tim, can you hear us? Okay, so there might be some technical issues. The speaker got disconnected. I'll reach out to speaker separately on the phone and uh, we'll get started uh, soon. Kyle, by any chance, is there anything you can meanwhile related to Land Explorer to keep things going? Uh, yeah, just give me one moment to pull up the slides and I am currently opening up software. Thank you so much. All right.
Okay. Hey, Tim. Uh, well, sorry about that. Seems like there was some uh, internet connection there. So let okay. me go ahead and go back and share my slides. I'll just uh, go back to a couple of the views that we have seen already, and then uh, we will get started. So let's go ahead and share my screen. There we go. All right, sorry for that intermission at the beginning of the presentation, but the first view that we can generate is the genotype tissue expression project. So this consortium include expression data for normal human tissues. So contains both RNA-seq and Afimetrix expression. So again, here we can see our gene of interest, part one, highly expressed in muscles compared to thyroid. The second consortium data that we can explore is the Blueprint Consortium. So this has been formed with the aim to further understand how genes are activated or repressed in healthy and diseased human cells. So Blueprint focuses us on distinct types of hematopoietic cells from healthy individuals and their malignant leukemic counterparts. So again, in this case, we can filter for normal hematopoietic samples and look at how our gene of interest, in this case, part one, is expressed across various different normal hematopoietic samples. So in this case, we can see that this particular B cell is highly expressing part one compared to something like neutrophils. The Cancer Genome Atlas is a comprehensive and coordinated effort to accelerate our understanding of the molecular basis of cancer so in this case, we can look at the expression of our gene of interest, in this case, part one, and how that gene is expressed in various different cancer types. And once again, in this case, we can see that diffuse large B-cell lymphoma has a high expression of part one when compared to some kind of other uh, cell type, renal cell uh, cancer carcinoma on the bottom. We can further divide TCGA data, and in this case, any data within Land Explorer by various different metadata. And in this case, we can compare between normal versus tumor to test whether a gene expression level differs between tumor and normal samples. And once again, in this case, we can see that PARP1 has an increased expression in this particular type of tumor versus normal control. The Cancer Cell Line Encyclopedia project is an effort to conduct a detailed genetic characterization of a large panel of human cancer cell lines. So this particular consortium provides public access to the analysis and visualization of copy number, DNA copy number, mRNA expression, mutation data, and more for a thousand or over a thousand cancer cell lines. So imagine doing an experiment and trying to pick the, the most appropriate cancer cell lines for your experiment. Using the cancer cell line atlas encyclopedia data, one could see whether a particular gene of interest is expressed in a particular cell line and be able to pick the appropriate cell line. So in this case, we can isolate for a particular cell line type and look at whether to pick cell lines that have a high expression of a particular gene of interest versus a 
low expression for a particular gene of interest. So imagine if you have a therapeutic target, you would most likely want to pick some on the high end and some on the low end just to see the response of these various different uh, cell lines. In TCGA, normal samples are collected from adjacent, uh, adjacent areas, and this may be sufficient for some analysis, but this also poses two questions. So the first one is that the normal number of normal samples in TCGA is limited. So for some cancers, such as glioblastoma, there may not be enough for st statistical comparisons. And if we think about TCGA samples, are adjacent tissues really truly normal? So with virtual land, users can now compare between TCGA versus GTEx, allowing for a ro more robust normal versus tumor comparison. So in this case, what we can do is we can look at our gene of interest, in this case, part one, and how that is compared in TCGA tumor samples versus GTEx normal samples. We can also visualize gene expression, copy number variants, as well as compare across various different genes. So for example, we can generate a correlation plot to see how a gene of interest is correlated between two various different genes. We can also generate a heat map to see how multiple genes are correlated with one another. We can also interface with IPA to search for a particular condition, a particular treatment, particular cell type, and generate a list of genes that may be highly regulated, either upregulated or downregulated, to generate a list of biomarkers, a list of potential targets, and find potential interesting genes that we can study downstream. Many users would love to generate survival curves for custom cohorts of patients, whether that is to look at mutation status on the right-hand side here, or high versus low. So we can do all of these types of analysis within IPA's Land Explorer. We can also look at different diseases. So, so far I've shown normal tissue as well as for cancer samples. But for those of you who may not be studying oncology-related uh, biology, we can also ex examine expression of targets across different non-oncological diseases. In this case, we can also sort by various different metadata. In this case, we can sort through subject treatment to look at how our gene of interest is responding to various different treatments. Some of our recent updates include single-cell RNA-seq. So we know that advances in single-cell approaches have now enabled us to study differences between cell types and cell subpopulations. So using curation standards and control vocabularies that are consistent across all samples, 
Now we can compare across all of these different studies to look at how our gene of interest, once again, is expressed in all of these various different cell populations. And another recent update is protein data in Land Explorer. So our team of scientists have introduced proteomics data from sources such as DTEx, CCLE, and the National Cancer Institute's Clinical Proteomic Tumor Analysis Consortium. So what we have seen in our genomics data, we can also now apply that to proteomics data as well. So now that I've shown you all of these various different interesting um, things that we can do with Land Explorer, let's go ahead and launch a poll to see whether these are the types of illustrations and analysis that you would like to do with Land Explorer. And for those of you who are very interested in proteomics, please use that raise hand button just to see how many of you are interested in the proteomics data as well. So we definitely have some responses there. That's great. And for those of you who are waiting for additional proteomics data, please use the chat box or the Q&A box and let us know whether there are any additional sources of proteomics data that you would love for us to start to incorporate into our land explorer. And for those of you who may want to look for additional types of data within Land Explorer, please use that chat box um, or the Q&A box and let us know as well. So remember, within IPA, we have search findings where we can look for key pathways, networks, and discover potential mechanisms of action. But within IPA, it's also connected to omics software. We have curated proteomics and genomics data so that we can search across diseases and tissues, find comparisons, and identify potential biomarkers. So let's go ahead and dive into our IPA Land Explorer. And for all of these various different topics, I've generated step-by-step -step slides. So feel free to download that slide deck and go through these step-by-slide uh, slides either uh, right now or at your convenience afterwards as well. So now we can access our IPA. And the first view that we're going to generate is examine an expression of target across normal tissue. So we're going to use this GTEx, so the um, Genotype Tissue Expression Consortium, to answer this question. So within IPA, let's go ahead and just talk about some of the views that we can see in our software. The first menu that we're going to see, the first window is this quick start menu. So for those of you who may be interested in using IPA to analyze your proteomics, your RNA, your microRNA, fossil proteomics, genetic variant data, metabolomics data, feel free to feel free to navigate through these various different tabs, go through the videos and the descriptions and the workflows to really dive into how we can uh, leverage IPA's uh, software analytics to help you find biological context in your data set. On the left-hand side here, we have this project manager. So this is where all of our data sets and our analysis are going to be located. If you're interested in how to perform your 
data set analysis within IPA. We do have an upcoming uh, new user training on December 5th. So feel free to register for that and, uh, and learn how to use IPA with uh, your data set. So today we're gonna leverage this search bar on the top here, where if you're following along, let's go ahead and press this genes and chemicals tab. We're then going to type in our gene of interest, and then we can click on the auto-filled box. So again, go ahead and click on this little tab, type in your gene of interest, and then go ahead and click on the pre-auto-filled uh, item in the search bar. So I'm just gonna do that again. And for those of you who may have already played around with IPA in the past and build networks, remember that we can do the checkbox, add to my pathway and add the gene to the pathway. But for today, we're gonna to click on this hyperlink. So anytime you see a blue font, that's going to be a hyperlink for you to access. So we can click on the hyperlink and that is going to bring us to a web browser page where we can access the IPA GeneView page. So this GeneView page is actually quite useful because it does contain a lot of information such as where this gene is uh, participating in, in terms of canonical pathways, microRNA, if we go down to the bottom, splice the variants, drugs targeting it, our curated findings for that particular gene. So a lot of useful information within the, um, the IPA GeneView page. Now for today, let's go ahead and concentrate on this Omicsoft Land Explorer. So remember in IPA, we have our curated findings. And in Omicsoft, we have that curated sample level data. So the first view that we're going to generate and the question that we're going to answer is, how is our gene of interest, in this case, part one, expressed in normal tissue? So go ahead, if you're following along today, go ahead and press this solid tissue, uh, GTEx, to access that page. So if we press that, we can see that we have now generated a view where we can see the gene FPKM for PARP1 by tissue. And this is actually quite useful, right? Now we can see that in our tissue of interest, we can see that um, in muscle samples, we have perhaps a high expression of PARP1 when compared to thyroid, probably about a twofold difference. So imagine being able to generate a figure like this within three, four clicks, and now we can generate our figure S1A uh, for our publication, and now we're ready to go. So one question that we get is how do I download this graphics? 
So if we hover over the graphics, we can click on this snapshot button, snapshot button, and that's going to download a PNG file. We can also display the p-values so we can see whether there are differences across the expression of the gene FPKM for part one. So let's jump back into our slideshow just to refresh our steps. So to generate this particular view, we went into IPA, making sure that we clicked on our genes and chemicals tab, searched for our gene of interest and pressed that pre-filled button. We then access the IPA gene view page by clicking on the hyperlink for our gene name where we can then access the GTEx data by clicking on the solid tissue GTEx. Remember, we can hover over the graph to access the snapshot tool to download that graphics for your figure S1 or perhaps to add it to your publication. So what about hematopoietic cells? Can we use the blueprint data to generate a graph for normal hematopoietic samples. So in this case, let's go ahead and jump back into our Land Explorer. And let's go ahead and jump back into the IPA gene view page. So here we can see that for normal tissues, we have solid tissue from GTEx. We have solid tissue from the human protein atlas, which also includes RNA-seq data. And then the third link here is blueprint, which contains hematopoietic cells. So let's go ahead and press that link for blueprint. And now we have access to our gene FPKM for part one by cell type. Now remember the one thing about blueprint is that it does contain both cancer and normal. So what we can do is let's go ahead and filter out the cancer samples so that we can have only normal samples in our graph. So in this case, let's go ahead and click on this disease category where now we can see there are either, um, we have hemato he hematologic cancer samples, normal and also missing. So, what we can do is let's go ahead and click on this check none and then recheck our normal control. And then don't forget to hit apply. So I've been doing this for a while now. Sometimes even I forget to hit this apply button. But remember, under the disease category, let's go ahead and check none, check our normal control and hit apply. So I'll give it a couple more seconds for those of you following along today. And then I'm going to do the same, hit apply. And now we have only normal hematopoietic samples for us to look at how our gene of interest, in this case, part one, is expressed in normal hematopoietic cells. So let's just jump back into our uh, slideshow just to refresh our memory of how we produced this view.
So going back to that IPA chain view page, go ahead and click on that blueprint button. We're under the disease category filter. We can check none, select the normal control, and hit apply. So before I go on to the uh, oncological samples in TCGA, I think this is a good time to take a short live Q&A break to see if there are any questions in the Q&A box that I can answer for the audience. Thank you, Tim. And uh, glad you're back after that short uh, break. Um, so, so far, there haven't been any questions asked in the Q&A box, but I have had a lively discussion actually about uh, what some of the additional result types people were interested in. So one person was curious uh, whether or not we have access to information about organoids. Absolutely. So for organoid samples, go ahead and use, let's jump back into the uh, IPA gene view page. Go ahead and use the oncology studies if you're interested in organoids from, let's say, stomach um, cancer, adenocarcinoma, or colonic uh, organoids, or if you're interested in organoids from non-oncological studies. So your organoid samples are going to be uh, contained or encompassed in these two different um, databases, which come from uh, GEO. So that's the Gene Expression Omnibus, or SRA, or Array Express. So that's where all of the organoid uh, samples would come in. Awesome. And I'm currently exploring on my own computer. Uh, if you want to look at organoid information explicitly, it would appear to be under the tissue metadata field, where uh, we have things like uh, cerebral organoid, uh, we have things like endometrial organoid. Basically, the word organoid will be one of the words in that field. So this is what uh, Kyle has been mentioning, using the tissue filter to look for the string. So still loading up. So I'm just going to close it. And then additionally, uh, one of our uh, attendees was also interested in what kind of databases we have for omics data related to coronary artery disease patients. Yeah, absolutely. So for non-oncological studies, those would be in the uh, disease uh, studies. So again, those will be mostly coming from gene expression omnibus. Um, Array Express, SRA. If there are particular consortium data that you would love for us to incorporate into our land explorer, please reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to uh, curate that data as long as the data pass our QA and QC for incorporation. And then in addition, uh, again, just exploring some of the things that we might have in our human disease collection, which is one of those three links. Uh, we have a number of microarray as well as bulk RNA-seq experiments. And in terms of the metadata that you can split uh, and filter by, uh, we explicitly have coronary artery disease, coronary arter artery calcification, and acute coronary syndrome as a disease. And then in the clinical data itself, we actually have clinical coronary artery calcification scores as well as a, a flag for aneurysm. And then fi finally, Tim has just launched a feedback poll, and we would love to know, uh, is he going at a great pace? Should he go faster? Should he go slower? 
we want to make sure that in general, people are not left behind. And again, we will be sure to share the slides as well as the recording. Excellent. Thank you very much, Kyle, for that uh, Q&A moderation. And thank you to the attendees for asking great questions. Please feel free to use that Q&A box. On the call, I have Kyle, Deb, and Leah here to support your uh, software needs. So let's go ahead and dive into some of the oncological samples that we can explore in Land Explorer. And I can see from the speed poll that most uh, users and most attendees uh, have uh, said that the pace is just fine. Um, a minority of you have said it can go a little bit faster, so I'll try to uh, moderate a little bit just to uh, help us out. All right, so the next collection we're going to take a quick look at is the TCGA. So again, the TCGA stands for the Cancer Genome Atlas. It's a comprehensive and coordinated effort to look at the molecular basis of cancer. So contains RNA-seq, uh, microarray, DNA-seq, copy number, methylation, um, in some, for some genes, also protein array data as well. So similar to our GTEx, similar to our, um, our blueprint, to access our TCGA, we can go ahead and click on that TCGA link. So jumping back into my Land Explorer, We've touched on GTEx, we touched on Blueprint. Now we're going to look at TCGA. So by pressing the TCGA button, we can get a similar view that we've seen in our GTEx and the similar view that we have seen in our uh, Blueprint. So for those of you working with cancer, perhaps these acronyms may be familiar to you. But for those of you who may not be familiar with these acronyms, go ahead and use the grouping. So this grouping tab tells Land Explorer how you would like to group these samples. Would you like to group them based on sample ID, subject ID, tumor type, sample type, disease category? And as you can see, the list goes on and on and on. And this highlights the curation effort that our scientists, team of scientists, have, uh, have really spent a lot of time making sure that each individual sample has been curated and labeled appropriately. So we can use the disease state grouping to change the acronyms to some other more familiar terms for those of us who may not be familiar with these terms. And remember, we can hover over the graphics to take a snapshot, we can show the p-values, and in some cases, perhaps you may want to download the entire data set. There is that download button for you as well. So just a quick refresher using the slideshow to access TCGA, go ahead and click on the TCGA link. Using the drop-down menu, we can group the samples from tumor type to disease state, and this allows us to read the acronyms for our various different tumors. Now, to group these tumors based on either normal or tumor, let's go ahead and look at how we can do that. So in this case, what we can do is let's go ahead and filter our samples so that we can 
filter and concentrate on samples for a particular cancer. And in this case, just looking at my notes, let's go ahead and look at colon adenocarcinoma. So we have grouped this based on disease state. So let's go ahead and click on the disease state filter. And another trick that we can use is to first uncheck colon adenocarcinoma, invert the selection, and don't forget to hit apply. So again, open up your disease state filters, uncheck your colon adenocarcinoma, invert the selection, and then hit apply. And of course, you can also hit the check none, select your adenocarcinoma, and hit apply. So either option is perfectly acceptable. So now we have looked at and isolated only samples for colon adenocarcinoma. But now we want to group these samples based on normal versus tumor. So remember, on the left-hand side here, we have all the various different filters that we can filter our samples. And on the top here, we can group our samples based on particular metadata. So let's go ahead and use that drop-down menu, scroll all the way to the bottom, and here we have tumor or normal. So again, groupings, look for your tumor or normal. And now we have generated a graph showing us the expression of PARP1 between tumor samples versus normal samples. And now we can also show our p-values to see whether the difference is statistically significant or not. So how many of you in the audience using that raised hand button find this particular analysis to be useful for your research? Okay, I can see a couple of people raising their hands. That's great. Thank you very much for that feedback. So very quickly that we can generate these types of graphics, right? So imagine generating it for normal tissue, generating for TCGA, generating a normal versus tumor. We've already got half of our uh, figure S1 uh, completed in less than 30 minutes. So again, to generate a normal versus tumor, let's go ahead and filter for our cancer type of interest. And don't forget to hit apply. And then using the grouping option, we can select tumor or normal. And that allows us to group these samples based on tumor or normal. Remember, we can always show the p-values and we can always hover over the graphics to take that snapshot tool. All right, what other things can we do uh, here? Remember, metadata, our team of scientists have spent countless hours to curate the metadata so that you don't have to do that. So feel free to explore the rich metadata curation that's available in on um, at your fingertips. So in this case, this particular example here, our team of scientists have curated 
individual TCGA samples based on this Nature 2012 paper for colon adenocarcinoma and renal adenocarcinoma for microsatellite instability. So we can divide up our samples based on what is classified as uh, microsatellite uh, instability high, low versus stable. So this is one type of metadata that one can use to start to group their samples with one another. Here is another example. So for this example, we're looking at one particular gene that is involved in xenobiotic metabolism. And we can group esophageal, I believe this uh, uh, is for, uh, based on smoking status. So how is smoking status affecting this particular gene expression? So again, we have tons of metadata that has been curated for our uh, samples across Land Explorer. So feel free to explore the rich metadata curation uh, within Land Explorer. All right, so the next step is to look at cancer cell line encyclopedia. So how many of you in the audience would love to be able to use CCLE to help you select your cancer cell line model for your downstream experiments? So use that raised hand button. Anybody doing cancer cell line experiments? So cancer cell line encyclopedia is great because we can actually look for cancer cell lines that may be of interest. So again, using that IPA gene view page, we've talked about GTEx, we talked about Blueprint, we've explored TCGA. Cancer Cell Line Encyclopedia allows us to look at our gene of interest across various different cancer cell lines. And what we can do is we can filter once again using the filters on the side here for our particular disease category of interest or perhaps tissue category of interest. So in this case, let's say we're interested in colon tissues because we're perhaps interested in colorectal cancer. Using the filter, we can unselect uh, this is tissue category. So let's go ahead and go to the tissue section. Colorectum, invert, and then hit apply. So just like we've done in TCGA, we can do the same for CCLE. By hitting apply, Again, now we have control as well as colorectal cancer samples because this is divided based on disease state. So the grouping that we want is to look at perhaps CCLE name. So to add that filter, let's go ahead and add filter. Type in CCLE name. So again, add filter, type in your CCLE they click on CCLE and then click on OK. That allows us to explore that rich metadata curation that our team of scientists have used, uh, have done for you. So now we can group our samples based on the CCLE name, and this will help us pick the cell line 
that may have high expression of PARP1. So perhaps we may want to do experiments using these cell lines. And perhaps as controls, we may want to select cell lines that may have a lower expression of PARP1. Again, going back to the slideshow to access the CCLE data, go ahead and press that CCLE link where now we can generate a view grouped based on cell line name. Again, feel free to filter down for your tissue of interest. Search for CCLE name in the add filter uh, button and then group the samples based on CCLE name. So now we can find the cell lines that may have high expression of your gene of interest compared to a little bit lower expression. So as many attendees in the audience are aware of, um, sometimes TCGA normal samples may not be truly normal. So what we can do is we can actually compare between GTEx samples, which uh, are considered normal samples versus TCGA samples. So to do that, what we can do is, again, let's go ahead and close this. We can see that there is this link here for CCLE plus GTEx plus TCGA. So this allows us to once again compare across CCLE, GTEx, and TCGA samples. So let's go ahead and select that. And let's say if we're interested in, um, again, let's say we're interested in gastrointestinal system, so colorectal cancer, we can use the disease category, or sorry, let's go ahead and use tissue category because if we use disease category, then um, normal tissues aren't going to show up, right? So let's go ahead and use tissue category. So tissue category here, we're going to select gastrointestinal system, invert, then hit apply. So this is the same uh, steps that we have done for our Blueprint, the same steps that we have done for our TCGA to isolate samples that we care about in Land Explorer. So gastrointestinal system, invert, hit apply. And now we have samples for gastrointestinal system. So similar to how we added CCLE name, to our groupings because we can see that in this case, these are the available groupings that we have so far. We have to add the filters. So go ahead and click on filter. And the method that what we're looking for is source land because source land will let us know where these samples came from. Did they come from CCLE, GTEx, or TCGA? So again, using that add filter button, type in your metadata that you're looking for, in this case, source name, select it and click on OK. So now 
this is available for us to select and group based on. So let's go ahead and use the groupings. Select source land, and that's going to group our samples based on source land. So now we can see that part one is highly expressed in TCGA samples versus GTEx samples. And if you would like to further isolate just these two lands, feel free to, of course, uncheck this and hit apply. So if we uncheck this, hit apply, now we only have samples from TCGA and GTEx. And don't forget, we can always show our p-values by clicking on this p-value button. And if we hover over the graphs, we can also access the snapshot. So how many of you in the audience would find generating this type of view comparing between GTEx and TCGA useful for your research? So use that raise 10 button. Okay, I can see a couple of you finding this to be particularly useful. Thank you very much for that feedback. So again, to access this virtual land comparing between GTEx and TCGA, use that CCLE GTEx uh, TCGA link. Filter your samples based on your tissue category of interest. Remember, if you sort based on disease state, normal samples are not disease, so either you include them or you uh, or you just uh, leave them out if you use just a particular disease. So use tissue category for this purpose. Add your filter for source land and then use that grouping dropdown menu and sort the samples based on source land. And then if this is uh, open, don't forget to collapse the filter so that you can access your source land, hit apply, and now you've generated the views compared between TCGA and GTEx. We can also do this for normal versus tumor. So this also allows us to compare between our normal samples coming from GTEx and TCGA and compare that between the tumor samples. So let's go ahead and jump quickly into that. So remember, now that we have selected only GTEx and TCGA, we can use the source land or the groupings, change that to tumor or normal. And now we can safely say that the samples coming from uh, TCGA for normal uh, gastrointestinal system samples look very similar to normal from GTEx. So that gives us reassurance and validation to do the comparison. All right, so for how many of you in the audience don't care about oncology samples? Use that raise 10 button. Okay, I can see a couple of you. So don't worry, we did not forget about you. So for those of you in the audience who don't care about oncology, don't worry, you can access samples based on uh, species under human disease 
mouse disease, or rat disease. So let's go ahead and take a look at those samples. So for those of you who have access to IPA Line Explorer, feel free to go back to your IPA gene view page. And this is where we can select projects from human disease, mouse disease, or rat disease. Now, today, although we're focused on RNA-seq experiments, don't forget there's also a rich amount of data from microarray studies as well. So feel free to explore both sides of um, expression data. So let's go ahead and click on human disease for today. And this is where we can, again, sort based on particular disease categories. So for those of you who may be interested in cardiovascular disorders, feel free to sort your samples and filter your samples based on cardiovascular disease. A lot of customers I work with are interested in metabolic disorders. So perhaps we can sort the samples and filter the samples based on metabolic disease. And of course, if you want to combine both of them, feel free to select both of them. So in this case, again, open up your disease category tab. So open this up and we can either uncheck none or invert depending on your preference. But for today, let's go ahead and check the metabolic disease, hit apply. And now any samples that have been curated for uh, metabolic disease are displayed. And of course, some samples may have additional disease categories associated with them. So they're all listed here as well. So similar to our TCGA um, data, we can group them based on various different parameters and, um, and uh, metadata. So in this case, we can group them based on disease state. So in this case, if we just take a quick look, disease category is kind of on top. Oh, the font is falling down. And then underneath that, we have our disease states. So let's see if I can do this. So we can filter for our top disease categories, group them based on disease states. And now we can see that part one is perhaps highly expressed in this uh, send-off disease versus uh, diabetes with cystic fibrosis. So a lot of therapeutics have been developed for PARP1 uh, targeting ovarian cancer, uh, breast cancer. If you're looking for a way to repurpose uh, that drug for additional non-oncological diseases, this is a great way to identify perhaps other diseases that could benefit from uh, therapeutics. So using that raised hand button, how many of you in the audience would find this particular view to be useful for your research? Absolutely. And feel free to play around with your disease category of interest. See how your, uh, your gene of interest is expressed across various different disease states. So again, just quickly going over the steps that we've gone through, using that human disease link, 
go ahead and filter based on your disease category of interest. And for today's uh, demonstration, we picked metabolic disease. But for those of you who may be interested in other disease categories, such as cardiovascular disease, feel free to try that out as well. Remember, disease category is kind of the top order, so we can change that from disease category to disease state. In this case, that arrow should be a little bit lower, and that allows us to group the samples based on disease state. So remember, there's so much metadata curated for all of these samples. We can even look at how a particular treatment may affect our genome interest. So again, going back to that human disease um, land. So in this case, rather than just trying to go back to the beginning, let's just go ahead and click on our disease uh, human disease link. And let's say we're interested in a particular disease state. So since we've looked at metabolic disease, we saw that type 1 diabetes uh, is high on that list. My screen is just quickly loading here. So again, what we can do is similar to our disease category, similar to our blueprint, our TCGA, we can filter our samples. So in this case, let me just advance a couple steps type one. So here we can expand our disease state filter. If we have a lot of metadata for a particular filter, press that three uh, row horizontal buttons. And then this is where we can select our diabetes. So to keep today's, um, today's uh, training a little bit more uh, simple. Let's just select this type 1 diabetes uh, mellitus. And then once we're ready, click on OK. And this allows us to, once again, filter our samples. Now, let's see if this is loading. If it's not loading, let's go ahead and go back again. Type 1. There we go. Click on OK. And remember to hit this Apply button. So once we apply, we have isolated samples specifically for uh, type 1 uh, diabetes. Now we can see from the filters here that subject treatment is not available currently. So just like the CCLE land, uh, just like the uh, source land filter, just like the CCLE name filter, what we can do is we can add a particular metadata. So in this case, let's go ahead and add subject treatment. So add filter, subject treatment. Let's go ahead and press subject treatment and hit OK. So this allows us to look at what are some treatments that subjects, so clinical trials, have been used and how that influences a particular gene of interest. So what's really interesting that we can see that for saline, it's quite low or um, for none. 
But then we can see that for some drugs, it may be high, for some drugs, it may be low. So now we can go into these samples to see what are some of these various different disease states? What are they uh, treating in terms of time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So using that raise hand button, how many of you would find this particular metadata to be useful to group your disease samples? Okay, I can see a lot of you responding very quickly to that. So great, so definitely play around with it. Let's go ahead and review how we got here. So once again, going to that human disease land, using that disease state filter, Robert, we have to press the three dot uh, expansion menu, search for your disease state of interest, select it, click on okay, and don't forget to click on apply or else we'll be staring at this graph for a while, perhaps even forever. Remember, the term that we want for human clinical trials, uh, human clinical treatments is subject treatment. So we have to add the filter for that. And that allows us to group the samples based on subject treatment, where now we can look at um, some of these different views. So with that, um, I'm just going to quickly pause to see if there are any live uh, Q&A questions that I can answer. Thank you, Tim. And actually, we just received a question that I think would be fantastic to demo if possible. Given that we have many collections, um, how do you know what metadata filter types are available? Is there an easy way to just to show all of the available filters? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I like to do is just click on this add filters and just go ahead and sort through them and just see all of the terms that are maybe available to you um, for all of your different samples. Now, it may be a little, um, um, and it just use the search bar as well. You know, that's how I start to um, explore some of these samples and the metadata associated. The one thing I will mention is that if there's a particular metadata, you type it in and the samples don't group based on that metadata, it's simply due to the fact that those samples have not been uh, assigned those metadata associated with them. So um, we can't uh, make up metadata for these samples. So if they're not available, they won't be uh, uh, they won't be able to be used to group those samples. Now, Kyle, do you have additional ways that you can think of that may be helpful for the users? Uh, in this case, you actually hit on the main method that I like using. I also, in that add filter button, like to search because as you can imagine, we have some metadata categories that are fairly common at the very top, and those will be grouped in things like metadata. Uh, so that metadata category at the top will have the common things. But we also have thousands of clinical metadata terms. And in this case, those clinical terms those are actually going to be from the original authors of the manuscript or the clinical trials. So if you happen to know of a, a particularly interesting measurement that might apply to your disease or uh, research area, then you can go ahead and just try to search for it and see what things pull up. And that, for example, would be how I found some of the cardiovascular uh, clinical fields. 
Absolutely. Yep. Thank you for that. We do have uh, one or two other questions as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so in addition to uh, the examples that you've currently shown, uh, one of the attendees was interested in autoimmune category diseases. And with that, I noticed that some of the diseases may also be hiding instead in, say, skin and connective tissue category diseases. Um, would you be willing to just quickly show some of those? And then also, if you have suggestions on uh, how to track down uh, where uh, a disease might be categorized. Yeah, I think a lot of customers that I work with, they already know particular disease states that they're looking at. So feel free to use the disease state. And if you're if you just type in even just autoimmune, uh, you can see that there are lots of autoimmune related. And then we can select those. Another thing to remember is that we can always search for multiple disease categories, right? So let's say if you're interested in autoimmune, but perhaps you're also interested in um, inflammatory uh, bowel disorder or immunological deficiency, perhaps even immune system, skin, let's see, skin and connective tissue. Feel free to select multiple ones, hit apply, and group based on the disease state to see what additional um, disease states are available. And then this will help you kind of filter out to see what are some of the things that you may be interested in, while what are some of the things that perhaps you can eliminate. And then you can use this disease state filter to start to include the ones that you're interested. Excellent. And in my case, I study uh, atopic dermatitis uh, frequently. And if I were to want to figure out what category it would be, something I could do is filter for that disease state since I already know atopic dermatitis is what I want. And once I do that, I can then expand the disease category field just to see which ones are still visible. So you can always do this in reverse order uh, mm. to get the disease first and then check what category is it in. Oh, that's very smart. I like that. There we go. And and speaking of finding uh, how to uh, categorize, uh, let's see, where this data is coming from, There there are so many different uh, lands or databases. So how can uh, an attendee get more information about say, what's in human disease land or what are in the other disease collections? Absolutely. So to find out more information about the lands, feel free to access the land tab on the top here and hover over these various different lands. And a little pop-up menu will come up and they'll describe the uh, lands that, uh, that are available. So one of my favorite lands is this Lynx, because this is um, a, a, a data set that looks at transcriptional response to compounds. So if you're looking for compounds that you may be, uh, that may could be repurposed for your drug uh, of interest um, or for your disease state, uh, Lynx is a great uh, consortium for that. Awesome. And just as a reminder to everyone, uh, support is included in your license. And for that matter, 
If you are stuck, just email our tech support or feel free to email us directly. We're more than happy to pass along documentation, answer questions, or even schedule a one-on-one -on -one to help show you how to do something. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you, Dev and Leah for uh, responding to uh, questions in the chat. Please make sure to use the Q&A box. This way I can scan quickly to see uh, the questions and the answers and help guide, uh, guide our presentation. So thank you once again to the attendees for attending today's uh, training. I know we have a lot more here that we want to cover and I know we have uh, a short amount of time. So I'm just gonna give a, a couple of snippets of these various different views. Feel free to download the slides to go through the step-by-step tutorial of how to generate these views. And as uh, Kyle mentioned, we do have a technical support team and they'll be more than happy to help you out um, if you have any questions. So, so far we've been looking at one gene at a time. So if you want to search for multiple genes, that is also possible and we can generate a scatter plot as well as a heat map for multiple genes. So let's go ahead and go back to our TCGA data. So again, clicking on TCGA, what we can do is once again, filter based off of our disease state of interest. So in this case, let's go ahead and filter out for colon adenocarcinoma. So clicking on the disease state, I like to uncheck and invert, and I hit apply. So uncheck, invert, hit apply. And now we have our part one for our gene of interest. Let's say we want to add another one. So PARP is a family of enzymes. So let's say we want to do PARP2. PARP2, click on the auto field, click on search. So now notice that the default view is the average FPKM. So maybe interesting, maybe not. But what we can do is we've already talked about the filters on the left-hand side here. We've talked about this add filter button on the top. We talked about the groupings. The next thing that I want to talk about is this on the top here. So this will change the display of your graph. So right now it's on average at PKM, but we can change it to a heat map. Or perhaps if we are interested in a scatter plot, we can see that um, it's not available. What's also interesting that is mass spectrometry is available. So if you're interested in the proteomic analysis of these uh, of the data, you can display the mass spec data here as well. So the view that we want is not in the uh, in the view uh, mostly used. So what we have to do is we have to click on the little gear, and the view that we want is this multi-gene. Let's scroll multi-gene correlation. So gear, use the scroll button, and let's go to this multi-gene correlation. So this allows us to, oh, let's go back one step. 
This allows us to add that to our view of interest, and then we can click on OK. So again, using that gear button, scroll a little bit further down to add the multi-gene correlation RNA-seq FPKM, move that over, and then hit Apply or OK. Move that over, hit OK. And now we can change our average FPKM. Let's see, where is it? Where is it? To multi-gene correlation. Ooh, excuse me, sorry for that. Too many keyboard buttons here. So using that drop-down menu, we can do the multi-gene correlation. And again, we can show the uh, statistics for it, and we can also take a snapshot. So for the next view, let's say we want to generate a heat map. So let's go ahead and add another enzyme in here. Let's go ahead and add PARP3. So search and again this is going to be a pairwise correlation between part one and part two part two part three and part one and then part two and part three so somewhat interesting but perhaps a little harder to look at right so again we can use this drop down menu change that view to a heat map and that allows us to display the multi-gene comparison in a heat map fashion. So how many of you in the audience would find this, these two particular analysis to be useful for your research? Okay, I can definitely see lots of people raising their hands. Thank you very much for that. So let's just go back into the slideshow just to refresh how we got here. So again, this can be, although we're doing this in TCGA, remember this can apply to also your human disease, mouse disease, and rat disease as well. So use the drop-down menu. In this case, we can select for our disease state of interest. So in TCGA, we selected the colorectal cancer. Search for our one other gene, click on search. If it's not a uh, most popular view, we have to click on that gear button so that we can move the multi-gene correlation over. We can then use the drop-down menu to change that average FPKM to the multi-gene correlation. And then we can show that as a p-value. Just remember the second view that we can generate is a multi-gene variable. So this allows us to look at the gene of interest uh, or genes of interest in a bar graph fashion. So try out your multi-gene correlation and try out this multi-gene variable as well. We can also generate a heat map. So for the heat map, type in your third gene or multiple genes of interest, click on search. The default is going to be a pairwise correlation but we can simply change that view from a multi-gene correlation to a heat map. And that generates our heat map. 
So to derive a list of genes and conditions, and thank you for all for sticking around for today. If you do need to drop off the call, don't worry. Remember to access the recording. What can we do? We can click on the hyperlink, refill our information, and the recording will be on demand. So for those of you who do need to drop off, thank you very much for attending today's webinar. For those of you who are able to stick around, thank you, and we'll be guiding you through the rest of the um, presentation. So let's look at how we can generate a list of genes for a given condition. So in this case, what we can do is we can go into IPA and we can search for our disease state of interest. So remember, at the beginning, we searched for genes and chemicals. But to search for disease and data sets, let's go ahead and click on the diseases and analysis or data sets and analysis tab. And this is where we can search for our disease of interest. So since we're maybe interested in a topic, uh, dermatitis, let's just go ahead and type in dermatitis. Let's hope I spelled this correctly. I think I did not. I think it's dermatitis. Let's see. Click on search. So this also demonstrates the interconnection between Land Explorer and IPA, right? We can search for genes. We can search for data sets within IPA. And then we can use that Land Explorer in the web browser to start to investigate at the sample level how our gene or genes of interest, um, the expression levels are. So here we can see all types of data sets for atopic dermatitis, right? And on the right-hand side here, we have all of the metadata associated with that particular study. So feel free to use the metadata to identify perhaps your study of interest. Maybe I'm interested in this atopic dermatitis, disease versus normal for females, and in this case, their uh, lymphoid cells. To access the volcano plot, let's go ahead and click on this comparison ID. This is going to generate a volcano plot for that particular comparison. And what we can do is we can select those upregulated genes. Those genes will be loaded up in a table below. And now we can get information about the upregulated genes for this disease state, female atopic dermatitis versus normal. We also have the accession number here. If we go back into IPA, we can see the publication associated as well as the geolink, um, or in this case, it's coming from the uh, ETAP. Another thing we can do is we can download the entire volcano plot if we choose to, and we can access that in Excel. So how many of you would find this particular feature to be useful for your research? How many of you have tried out this particular feature for your research? Okay, I can see a couple of you have tried it out. That's great. Thank you for playing around with this feature. So again, to access the volcano plot, 
simply go to the uh, data sets and analysis, search for your term of interest, search for disease, drug, cell type. We can limit the, uh, the search results to particular projects. So in my demonstration, I didn't go into the uh, particular projects, but feel free to look at the different projects that may be available. Select your project of interest, click on the comparison ID, and that allows you to generate a volcano plot where you can draw a rectangle around genes of interest to export. So for this next step, let's go ahead and look at survival curves. So we can generate survival curves based on either uh, expression values or based on mutation status. So let's go ahead and this time go back to our TCGA data. So I'm just gonna go ahead and click on TCGA again. And we can search for our gene of interest. And I know already uh, beforehand that part one doesn't show a lot of interesting um, uh, phenotype for survival curve. So let's go ahead and search for a gene, perhaps WTAP, click on search. And once again, let's filter down for our favorite cancer of interest today. So again, as a reminder, disease state, colorectal cancer. I like to use the invert and a hit apply. So remember, this strategy works for cancer samples. It works for human disease, mouse disease, rat disease to help you find your samples of interest. And then in this case, let's go ahead and change this to a survival curve. So remember on the top here, we can change the view of the graphics. So using the drop-down menu, changing from gene FPKM to survival data, now we have a survival curve. But this is not very useful, right? So we talked about filters, we talked about groupings, we talked about the different views we can generate. The last thing that we're going to talk about is this custom. So this allows us to generate custom filters based on DNA somatic mutation and RNA-seq expression as well. And of course, there are CMV filters here. So for today's demonstration, let's go ahead and create a custom filter for RNA-seq expression. So this allows us to create custom filters for our gene or genes of interest. So in this case, let's type in our gene of interest, WTAP. We're going to categorize them based on a custom numeric value breakpoint. So here is an example here where we classify them. Anything less than 10% we call low. Anything above 90% we call high. Anything in between we call middle. But one useful one is a 50%, right? So anything less than 50% expression we're going to call low. Anything higher than 50% we can call high. 
it's important to apply to visible samples only because if we apply to the entire colorectal adenocarcinoma samples, then that's going to skew our survival curve, right? So apply to visible samples only. Click on OK. And now we can see a filter pop up for WTAP FPKM status. So once the filter appears here, we can group the samples based on WTAP FPKM status and see the survival curve generated. Remember, we can also show the p-value. Hover over the graphics, we can also take a snapshot. So how many of you in the audience working with uh, cancer samples would find this particular view to be useful for your research? Definitely, definitely a lot easier and faster. And due to time today, I won't be able to demonstrate the uh, mutation status, but feel free to access my slideshow today to see how we can apply a similar fashion of generating a mutation status using that DNA somatic mutation. So in this case, what we can do is we can search for a gene of interest, filter for variant types as well as your variant consequence, go ahead and exclude that mutation without any um, functional consequence, hit apply, and then it becomes a grouping that you can use to group your samples. So the last thing, uh, the last two items I want to just briefly cover are recent updates within Land Explorer. So the first one is our single cell data, where again, applying the same method that we use for GTEx, Blueprint, CCLE, TCGA, human disease, we can look at particular single cell data for either oncology or non-oncological samples. We can isolate samples based on our uh, disease of interest. And then we can see how our particular individual sample, our cell types are expressing our gene of interest. And remember, for those of you with access to Land Explorer, our newest update include, uh, includes protein expression data as well. So these protein expression data will come from our solid tissue GTEx, CCLE, as well as our general oncology. So this uh, consortium data comes from the National Cancer Institute's Clinical Proteomic Tumor Analysis Consortium. So what we have gone through today also applies to protein expression, where we can filter down for our particular disease state of interest, group them based on the metadata to see how our protein expression change across our different groupings. So with that, thank you very much for sticking around for the last part of the uh, presentation. Feel free to reach out to us if you need additional help and an assistance with the uh, software questions and support. If you need additional trainings, feel free to reach out to, uh, to Dev. And if you have any licensing questions about Land Explorer, feel free to reach out to our uh, sales and licensing uh, team. So with that, thank you very much for uh, sticking around for, the, uh, for extra time, overtime. 
and uh, be more than happy to take any questions that you may have. Thank you so much for the training today, Tim. And there is uh, one question that I wanted to be sure to ask. If anyone in attendance has more questions, please throw them in the Q&A box. We're happy to answer them, even though we're a little bit over time. My question is, uh, what are some of the other ways to get to Land Explorer? Oh, absolutely. So if we go back into IPA, there is this Land Explorer link here on the top. So feel free to use that link to access Land Explorer. Another way to access Land Explorer is, let's say we're exploring our, uh, let's use this cardiovascular uh, example here. Let's see if we have a quick one here. Let's say we're exploring our pathways. We've opened up a canonical pathway. We saw an interesting gene. Let me just quickly open this up. Let's say this pathway, we've opened it up a pathway. We've explored it. And within this pathway, we're interested in a particular gene. Go ahead and right-click on it. So select it, right-click and view details. So again, using a link, we can access Land Explorer. From a network, select your gene of interest, right-click, and then view details. So those are the two other ways that I can think of uh, off the top of my head where we can access Land Explorer. It doesn't look like there are any other questions. So let's stick around for another 30 seconds or so, just in case. Otherwise, to everyone else still in attendance, I went ahead and posted the link to today's training survey. Please feel free to click on that SurveyMonkey link. Let us know what we can do to improve any future trainings, what topics you wish we covered, or just any positive feedback you might have. I also made sure to paste a link to today's slides so you have those as reference material. And finally, a link to today's training recording. It's the same link that you use to register. It might take about two hours or so before it starts working for you. Thank you very much, Kyle, for moderating today's session. Thank you to the attendees for joining today. Oh, excuse me. Today's training. I've been talking too long. Uh, today's training. I really appreciate your interactive uh, interactions, your questions, your raised hand. So thank you for making this training interactive. And thank you to Dev, Kyle, and Leah for answering all of the questions. Really appreciate your help. And once again, please don't let this be the last time that we interact with one another. Feel free to reach out if you need additional trainings, if you have any questions. So uh, thank you very much.